Hello everyone, and welcome to Starscream's Ghost, a Transformers podcast, your episode-by-episode podcast guide through the classic Transformers Generation 1 cartoon. I am Jeremy Graves, and joining me now in what I suppose is the epilogue portion (laughs) of our podcast continuity, as it were, my good friend in crime, Mr. Andy Hanley. Good sir, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing very well. I've got an Excel spreadsheet here and I'm not afraid to use it, so I'm very excited. (laughs) I won't lie, Excel spreadsheets scare me, so I consider that an actual threat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we shall see see how much of a threat it is in due course. Uh, uh, Folks, as I mentioned, we're kind of now in the epilogue phase when it comes to to our our planned podcast run. If you listen to our previous podcast, which you can also find on the likes of Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the podcast services we've done our best to be on there, you can find the entire archive of our podcast run thus far, available on all those platforms. And if you also feel so inclined to want to see us discuss all the episodes of Transformers that we have discussed, head over to YouTube, search for Starscream's Ghost Podcast, You should find our YouTube channel just fine, and you can watch us discuss all the episodes and the 1986 movie, if you feel so inclined. But yeah, now that we're in the epilogue phase, Andy, it's, um, it feels weird saying that. We discussed a little bit at the end of the last podcast, a few ideas we had knocking about, and some of those ideas we're going to be going on to today, which we'll elaborate on in just a few minutes. So if you are a first-time listener of the podcast, we should say from the outset, we're not actually talking about specific episodes today (laughs) like we won't be covering them in depth like we normally do so we would encourage you to go back through our archive and delve into one of our shows or heck start from the very beginning if you would like to but one of the things we will be discussing today andy are our respective top five favorite episodes from season three and four combined Hmm. yeah yeah it's sort of I don't know, I, I had a weird kind of thing doing this because I came up with my top five incredibly easily, so now I'm really paranoid that I've missed a lot of really good episodes and you're going to give me your top five and I'm going to be like, oh, why didn't I not, did I not pick these? Like, my number one obviously was really easy. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast will not be surprised to guess what that <laughs> is. But the rest of them, like, I had a few, uh, some brief thought about, like, mm, this one or this one, and then it kind of, it kind of fell together quite easily, which... You could see, I, I guess you could look at that two ways. One, it means that there was a lot of not particularly memorable episodes in seasons three and four, or or, sec- or that there were just some really good standout ones. So t- take your pick. Yeah, when it came to my top five, of which we should say, everyone, there are a few kind of conditions and or caveats we gave ourselves to make this top five not just, for example a possible just all five parts of a certain storyline. We, we've kind of made sure to not go down that rabbit hole. But when it came to mine, I think I pretty much knew my top five going in. It was more just ordering them. But but that said, though, there were a few on there I ultimately had to cut from what I had written down. And in a way, I, I'm surprised at what didn't make the cut rather more than what did make the cut, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of the same. Like, there are definitely some of the bigger stories where I was like, yeah, that could... I, I could see myself putting it in there. But I sort of ended up sort of moving more towards some of the, like, at least a couple of, like, the one-off episodes that were just like, you know what, especially, like, a couple of them that I I quite liked at the time, but, like, now I've got some distance from them. I'm like, you know what, those are actually really interesting episodes. Um, for, for, for various reasons. So, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll let them go on the list. 
indeed. But we'll be getting onto that a bit later, or soon. We'll figure that out in just a second, because quite honestly, we've not exactly planned this very much today in terms of what order we're going to talk about this. But the other thing we're delving into is a brainchild of yours, Andy. So I'll let you elaborate, but it involves effectively the most viewed episodes on YouTube. Yeah, so I, I was very curious about this because, you know, we've talked quite a lot about these various episodes and what we liked and what we didn't. And I was very interested interested to see how that meshed with kind of the broader populace and like what people have actually been watching on the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel as, as something of a, a bellwether for like what episodes are, are popular or what episodes are kind of much talked about. Um, and there's some... There's some stuff that you would absolutely expect in these numbers. There's also some stuff that really surprised me. There's also some stuff that made me laugh out loud when I realised why they probably have the number of views that they do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I basically went through and compiled the, the view numbers as of kind of... Uh, when was it? As, as of, like, the 3rd of September, if you want to put an absolute mark on it. Um, and just, yeah, kind of grabbed all of the view counts put them all into my lovely Excel spreadsheet so that I can order them by season and, and episode number and view counts and all of that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I figured I would uh, both enlighten people and also just quiz Jeremy to see if he can figure out what some of the most and least, episode wa least, least watched episodes of Transformers G1 are. Well, I'll tell you what, with that in mind then, because as also just occurred to me, that's encompassing all of the episodes on Hasbro Pulse. Yeah. So from a continuity point of view for our discussion, why don't we begin on talking about our top five episodes? Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. And then we can show everybody how wrong we are when we show what everyone else has watched in season three and four. It, exactly, exactly. And I will also just note just for, I guess just to, to keep up with my regular introductions and whatnot... When it comes to all of the episodes that we have discussed in the archives of our podcast, we watched all the episodes on the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel, which is the channel that Andy referenced a few moments ago, simply because it's a 100% legitimate way to be able to watch the episodes. So that's the reason we watch them on there, because why wouldn't you, quite frankly? And also worth noting as well, in terms of a long-term audio archive solution we do have a patreon page up which is at patreon.com slash starscreamsghost we're not charging anything to get any additional content it is literally just a source to have a long-term audio archive solution so if you utilize patreon and you would like to download each of the episodes of the podcast on there you can do that accordingly as well so andy i, I will let you choose would would you like to first of all go from would you like to go ascending or descending? And would you like to go first or second when it comes to naming your 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 first episode in the list, whichever order we're doing it in? <laughs> well, let, let's let let's go from from the bottom up because that's the the, the classic the classic countdown. So let's start at number five. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first, Jeremy, because I, I I continue to be scared that I picked all the wrong episodes. Quite frankly. <laughs> well, my number five when it came to season three, and again, there there was some. There'll probably be some honourable mentions as we go along, probably more so when we get to the actual complete Hasbro Pulse viewing figures more than anything. But for my number five, it is a... Okay, I will say this about my top five, Andy. There is only one multi-part story in my top five. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I will say likewise, there is only only one multi-parter in mine as well. So I, I, I'm now beginning to suspect that we have the same one, but we will see. <laughs> so my my, uh, my my fifth top, if you, my number five, I'm just going to say that because I can't think of English today, apparently. Season three, episode 24, Grimlock's New Brain. Yeah, 
This was really, really good fun watching this. And it was always just a great swan song for Grimlock as well. I appreciate he did appear in a later episode or two, but in terms of a, just a complete Grimlock story and almost that random what-if scenario of him becoming incredibly smart and whatnot, it was just a really, really fun episode. And the reactions of a lot of the Transformers as well really made it worthwhile watching. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely a fun one. Like, and I mean, it's... The the weird thing about kind of season three is there's not a whole lot of Grimlock, but he kind of steals the show whenever he's uh, whenever he's in an episode, like whether it's him being incredibly dumb, like in Five Faces of Darkness, but also mildly useful at times. I mean, he eats somebody's gun, which is always a useful thing to do. Um, or whether it's Grimlock dressed up as a waiter, which is still my favourite moment in perhaps all of Transformers Generation 1. Um, and yeah, like Grimlock's new brain was fun. It it was also, I mean, I think we talked about it at the time, it was also an episode where it felt like the voice cast were having a good time with it as well. Like, obviously Grimlock's voice actor was like, great, I get to be like, smart Grimlock, this'll be fun. But it sort of felt like everybody involved was just like, yeah, this is a fun idea for a story and you know it's uh, again as i said at the time it's a cartoon classic concept of like stupid character becomes super smart because they get a bang on the head or whatever or you know you do the vice versa of like smart character becomes super stupid um and yeah like it, it always works well it's a classic for a reason that it's a lot of fun and yeah it, it was that was a good enjoyable enjoyable episode i mean you know perhaps some questionable law about the creation of the technobots etc and how that meshes with everything else in transformers but that's not the first time we've had that issue and i not really the last either so uh, i i can i can afford it that at least and that's also another reason you just mentioned the technobots is that completely unbeknownst to me going in we just get another combiner team and it's because of grimlock in terms of the long-standing, in theory, continuity of Transformers, incredibly important in some respects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. And yeah, it's kind of weird to think, like, you know, Grimlock's a daddy, basically. Um, <laughs> if, if we had podcast titles, that would be that would be this one. <laughs> so what about your number five, then? What did you go for? Yeah, so mine, this is one of the episodes that, again, I think at the time we, we kind of mooted that, like, this could have easily not been a Transformers episode, but it was fun regardless, and that was Money is Everything, mm -hmm. uh, which was just, it was a good space romp. Like, it had, like, double crossing, triple crossing, probably quadruple crossing at some point, I forget. Um, but yeah, like, it had, I feel like it was a rarity for Transformers as well, in that it really actually honed in on its human characters, and they were kind of the stars of the show. Because usually, you know, e even the episodes where you have human characters in Transformers, they're kind of, not necessarily incidental, but they're just there as, like, a conduit for whatever else is going on. They normally just make something for the Decepticons to steal, or whatever whereas this was actually like a proper sort of you know human ding dong as much as anything else um and sort of you know it was almost the opposite where the transformers were just caught up in all the human shenanigans um and so yeah i think i just enjoyed it because it was really refreshing um to, to have an episode like that and you know it, it played out pretty stupidly in places but it was <laughs> it was much like grimlock's new brain it was just a lot of fun to watch it play out yeah, I, I just had to quickly look up the episode to remind myself of the of like the uh of the space dude as it were. Dirk Manners. Yeah, which is also yeah, very good like eighties character name. <laughs> yeah, that that was a, a really fun episode just thinking back on it. And like you said, just the human dynamic between Marissa and Dirk. 
and just the other Transformers that got involved as well, like a bit of the um, the Quintesson double, double, double crossing yeah. <laughs> with all, all of that. It was just really good fun. Yeah, yeah. And as I said at the time, the, the greatest love story ever told. So, you know. <laughs> For my number four, I went with season three, episode six, The Killing Jar. At the time we, if I recall correctly, at the time we saw the episode, we'd just come off of Five Faces of Darkness because that was the five-part story. So this was the first story immediately after that. And though Five Faces of Darkness itself, without trying to potentially say a lot about that in case that's on your list, that it took the, the show in a few dark directions to say the least. You know, like Rodham was trying to top himself occasionally and whatnot. But this took it to a different, to, in a darker direction to a different degree with the amount of manipulation involved, the fact we got like the, the, the sort of the negative zone involved in there, which we never saw again. But it was a, just a really fun everyone has to work together storyline in such a unique circumstance. And all the way through us talking about season three and four, that that has still stuck with me quite a bit as being a really powerfully strong episode. And it was really early into the season. So I, I felt I had to have that on my list somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one that I, I think that was the one that f for me was kind of like almost interchangeable with Money is Everything for much the same reasons as like, much like Money is Everything, you could have made that episode in any other sci-fi show and it would have been just as good. You know, the the whole idea of, you know, kind of being pulled into this black hole, the whole like negative world stuff, like that's kind of like pretty cut and dried, like typical sort of sci-fi fare that is always interesting and a good time and yeah that episode pulls it all off pretty well and with a, a certain sense of like i feel like transformers doesn't really do a sort of impending doom all that often not in the kind of way that that episode does you know mm. you, you have stuff like ultimate doom in season one but a lot of it is quite straightforward kind of you know autobots versus decepticons let's have a fight it's not very often that it has a kind of it's this sort of external pressure of just like, uh oh, this bad thing is going to happen to us. How do we get out of this? Um, and so, yeah, I think again, much like Money is Everything, it's quite a refreshing episode because it's it's a little bit different from the norm. You get a little bit of Autobots and Decepticons sort of working together, which I'm always a fan of because it's always an interesting dynamic. Um, and so, yeah, and, and also I seem to recall it was a, another Toei animated episode, or at least it wasn't ACOM, so it looked incredible after Five Faces of Darkness. It, it was indeed, yeah. And also, having just quickly gone on the TF Wiki page just to double check that exact stat i also uh should have made mention of the fact that we got a lot of cyclonus and ultra magnus interaction and that was great yeah yeah i mean and, and that sort of i i mean cyclonus is like one of the mvps of season three honestly for kind of being a good a good character in all kinds of ways and i feel like that was one of the episodes where you really kind of got a good feel for it because he's sort of he's kind of interesting as a character because he's not just like galvatron level like lunacy um, he's sort of a far more kind of, and, and he's also not like a kind of Starscream's clone of like, you know, being kind of simpering, you know, two-faced or anything like that. He's pretty straightforward, cut and dried. He is almost a Decepticon Ultra Magnus, like weirdly, because he he does stuff by the book. He's super serious all of the time. Um, and, you know, he kind of has his value set and that's kind of it. Um, and so, yeah, like him and Ultra Magnus is sort of an interesting double act because they're both very sort of died in the wall, but also kind of practical in terms of getting things done. So, yeah, it's, it's a good dynamic there. What about your number four then? Yeah, so th this is one where I definitely feel like... I 
I, I started with this up way higher and then I kind of let it slide down as I went. Uh, but this is my only two-parter and it is Return of Optimus Prime. Um, because they brought back Optimus Prime. And, it, and, and weirdly, like, that could have been such a throwaway. Like, oh god, we've got to bring Optimus Prime back. Here you go. Here's like an episode where he just reappears and who cares why because look kids optimus prime is back but like this actually carves out a really good two-part story around that it finds some really good high stakes to it um like i'm as i said at the time like i always like the kind of virus or or something that kind of you know just cuts through everybody and again it, much like you know um the killing jar it's like it, it removes that autobot decepticon sort of you know designation for a brief period or kind of because it's suddenly it's like well here's a threat that's bigger than any one side like everyone's gonna have to kind of pull together to try and fix this um and then yeah like obviously optimus prime comes and saves the day and it's kind of pretty satisfying and then the touch plays and you're like yeah okay that was pretty good um and so yeah this this was this was my one two-parter like it's it's probably better than it has any right to be um and yeah like and again re-watching it was was one of those really interesting like so many striking moments just suddenly kind of came vividly back to me as i watched it from when i first saw these episodes as a kid and kind of like oh yeah like i remember all these lines and all these little moments and they were all really great and they all actually kind of stand up you know even today yeah so i'll say it now this is on my list I won't say where right now because, you know, tension for at least a couple of minutes. So I'll, I'll add some more thoughts when I get to it, as it were. Yeah. But um, but yeah, a lot of what you said, obviously, I agree with. But yes, I, I, will, I will elaborate more when I get there. Excellent. So my number three, which I'm just going to call it out right, Andy. I'm guessing it's your number one. You don't have to reveal now. <laughs> but I think if anyone's listened to the podcast long enough, it's probably pretty obvious to my mind. That is Call of the Primitives. Call of the Primitives was just, it was a fantastic experience. And ironically, I've only just thought of it, another Grimlock-centric episode, unintentionally, actually. I didn't actually put it on the list with that in mind. But just everything about it, and I think as well all the information that we dug into surrounding it when we recapped it, just really painted this wonderful picture of actually how special that episode is. And I can understand the hype you gave it from since our very first podcast of doing this. So, completely deserved, and I won't elaborate too much now, because again, I'm assuming it's on your list, so I won't, I won't say everything right now, but yeah, th this had to be on my list somewhere, and it made it to my number three. Yeah, no, that is fair, and yeah, it is no surprise that it is It is on my list to come. <laughs> so, what about your number three? Yeah, so this is, this is another one that I, I really liked as something different at the time, uh, so my number three is Webworld. Um, oh, okay. Which, again, like uh, as we've talked about quite a bit across season three, like I really like some of the themes that the post movie kind of timeline set up, especially around like Rodimus and Galvatron and their own kind of uh, struggles with leadership and you know what the things that became of them during the movie. Um, and so, like this episode is kind of a bit weird and goofy in places, but I really like the general sense of what it's trying to do of really digging into kind of like Galvatron as, you know, this reforged Megatron and kind of the mental mess that he's been left in off of the back of this. And because it's a kid's cartoon, it can't go too deep into its psychoanalysis, but it kind of does what it can. 
And it's sort of it's kind of an interesting thing to have this sort of more intense like character study um, through this very kind of weird and sort of oddly imaginative sort of sci-fi setting of just like basically <laughs> planet of the psychiatrists. Um, which it's is also sort of... very heavily Decepticon centric. And yeah, yeah, like it's also yeah, like it's very much just based around kind of yeah that that character set and the Autobots, you know, barely get a look in. So yeah, it was just a really interesting kind of. Again, that's the nice thing I think. And going through watching all of season three, like the one thing it made me appreciate is it's a really good season for ideas. Like perhaps more so than season two. Like it has a good a good grasp of its characters. It has that feeling that it can maybe be just a little bit more mature with its audience with the assumption that they've grown up you know over a couple of years watching this um and so this is definitely one of those like by far not perfect execution but really interesting ideas for it to play with yeah i'm gonna say this thought now just so i i don't forget it when i wanted to pretty mention it in one of my upcoming episodes but in general the season th in season three in particular because rebirth's its own entity but there's this is a really weird analogy to make, but in the context of like of wrestling, like WWF, WWE, and whatnot, there was a there was a time called the Attitude Era in like the the mid to late nineties through the early two thousands, and the way it has always been looked at is a really revered thing because it was very very much aimed more at say a college or teenage demographic, and that's really what they latched onto, and they drove their their content towards that age bracket in essence because all those people had grown up out of the kiddie stuff that they've been around with in the early towards the mid 90s and in some ways in a in a weird way roundabout way to phrase it that's what i actually like in season three to to a degree in terms of ideas there are a lot more mature ideas in that sense i mean heck look at the killing jar it's got the word killing in the title of the episode just yeah. as a, just as a, as, a, as a precedent, and we would never have got anything like that in seasons one or two. So I do agree with that sentiment that season three allowed for a lot of ideas. And I think when I look back on the season as a whole, though it by no means a perfect season, that's one of the strongest parts of season three. Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's. It's the irony that that often gets kind of missed with this stuff, and like I, I think the the WWE comparison kind of sits in the same framework. That yes, you can bring in an older audience by doing this kind of stuff, but also like kids are not as naive and innocent as you think, mm -hmm. and if you give them that kind of content, like it's always one of the fascinating things, you know, from professional life, etc. Like you know, you look at anime and the anime aimed at sort of you know a younger audience. Like we'll still talk about death and will still show more blood and you know trauma because like kids kids still know about this stuff they're not completely blind to it and you can still craft stories around that and it's you know it will still resonate with them and, and I think that's very much kind of in both of these both your example and Transformers like you can build an audience with that kind of stuff and actually like there is a decent subset of kids that will absolutely lap that up because it, if you treat adult treat kids like they're a bit more grown up like they they will appreciate that because i think you know sometimes kids don't like to be spoken down to particularly and so you can put in some more adult themes and they will kind of you know gel with them um and i, I do think that's kind of what you see here having tested the water by killing everyone in the movie it's like yeah these kids <laughs> if they're still coming back they're pretty hardy so you know we can we can go a little bit darker so 
Okay, so I need to paint a picture here because one of the episodes not on my list, which was somehow it's not on there, but I lo- I recall really enjoying it, partly mainly because of the Cobra Commander interaction, and that was only human, and it was really difficult to not put that on here. But there was just a point where it's like, where would I put it? And it, at the time, Andy, it was going to be number one or two because I had that much fun with it. But then it was also partly me just thinking my nostalgia for watching Action Force and G.I. Joe and not knowing there was a G.I. Joe crossover. So in the end, I kind of thought, right, no, only humans got to get bumped. It was really good fun. It's a very G.I. Joe-centric story. But these episodes had to be on my list. And... Next up, to, to sort of go back to one that you've already talked about now, my number two, if I've got my numbering right, I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, it is the two-parter of Return of Optimus Prime. Yeah. Because it was it was just really good fun. But in hindsight, because we've had some time since we recorded that podcast and we could sort of digest it a bit more, looking back on it, yeah, the touch was in there. Yeah, Optimus Prime came back. But like you alluded to, the fact that there was that virus... But it actually made everyone turn evil. And we got to see a bunch of Transformers just outright being evil, maniacal, just things at times. And there was some great dialogue to emphasize that. It added that that sense of jeopardy in a way we had not had. But I just remember the fact that there were just Transformers turning evil the whole time. It was just a really, really cool thing about it that made it feel a bit extra special. And the fact as well, it all started from humans. In some ways, it was like, yeah, that, that would be a very human thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, that, that's one of the things that I'd forgotten from when I watched that episode as a kid is, like, the starting point of that virus because I, I probably, like, conflated it with other episodes or just plain forgotten that, you know, it, it, it is like a man-made thing. And that, that whole kind of... That whole angle is is pretty interesting, um, but yeah, I mean, much like Grimlock's New Brain as well, it also stands out as a as a story where the voice cast are having fun with it. Like you can hear, like, oh great, I get to be evil, Ultra Magnus, bring it on! Like I, I <laughs> re- like you know, I I will absolutely just you know lap this up and kind of make the most of it. Um, and so yeah, like I think all of that is is really good fun as as well. So uh, so yeah, like it definitely it has a lot of a lot of entertainment value um, as a result. And also, because it was that culmination of Prime is finally back, like, for real, this time. <laughs> it was it was just a great payoff to season three. It was almost... Looking back on it, again, there was some proper dross in season three that we discussed, but like we've just said, there were some great ideas in there, and this two-part story was the payoff for going through all of it, in a way. It felt like you were rewarded for just bearing with everything that was thrown at you whether you liked it or not and that that was a really like nice sense of achievement on like like achievement unlock on the xbox and whatnot type thing <laughs> it's like you, yeah. you got that gamer score and such and it, it actually felt worth watching with all of that in mind yeah it's, it's, it's a good piece of closure for for the season like for for sure like it's it, it's a really strong kind of uh a, a strong way to 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 end that and again especially when you compare sort of See, I mean, season two in particular doesn't really so much end with anything definitive, um, but season three at least feels like it has to draw a line under some things. Um, and yeah, like there's, there probably isn't really any better way of doing it than than the way that it, it pulls off. So, 
If I'm going to guess this correctly, Andy, I'm going to assume your number two is is my number one, as it were. I, I'm guessing. Weird as that may sound. So, what is your number two ranked episode? Because if our brains are aligned like I think they may be, but I could be about to be proved completely wrong, we might be about to be discussing the same thing. So, what's your number two? Yeah, so my number two is uh, The Other Return of Optimus Prime, um, Dark Awakening. Which is my um, number one. Yeah, which is really, yeah, like, that, this is an episode that I'm sure I didn't see as a kid, and perhaps it was for the best, I don't know. Because, um, yeah, like, this, there's so much to unpack about this episode. Like, one, again, talking about, it's sort of the recurring theme through all of my picks is a lot of them are like, oh, Transformers doesn't usually do this. And, like, Dark Awakening, a big chunk of it is, like, Transformers does horror. And Transformers does not really do horror ever because, again, it's big robots bashing, you know, seven bars out of each other and pew-pew lasers. Um, and, like, the opening chunk of this episode is really effectively, like, storyboarded and, you know, blocked out to be a good bit of horror. I mean, poor Daniel. Like, poor, poor Daniel. <laughs> like, as if he wasn't, you know, ha having seen him. And again, it's sort of, it's a really interesting through line, perhaps kind of accentuated by the way we've watched, like, the movie into season three all quite close together, because... My memories of Daniel like sobbing over the corpse of Optimus Prime were still pretty fresh when we see him like being, you know, the corpse of Optimus Prime reanimated like looming over him, and it's like kids having a bad time. I can see why he stole that space shuttle now. He's just like gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like all of that opening is really good. Again, it plays with some of the really interesting themes of the season around Rodimus slash Hot Rod of just like you know. Guy can't wait to get the Matrix out of him and give it back to Prime. He's like, yeah, just please, you know, please by all means, you know. Which is doubly interesting because, you know, there's the clear kind of from the get-go, like, something's not right here. Like, even other other characters are kind of, like, a little bit, like, Optimus Prime's back. This is great, but this is also a bit weird. Whereas Rodimus Prime is basically like, I don't care, take the Matrix, I'm going to be Hot Rod again, this will be great. Um... And so that theme, this is a really good, strong episode for that. Um, and where kind of, you know, again, I think it's the weird thing about the episode order on Hasbro Pulse because this is almost like the conclusion to Rodimus slash Hot Rod's story of like coming to terms with what he needs to be. Um, whereas kind of, you know, we get this and then we get a whole bunch of stuff like Burden Hardest to Bear and stuff, which is you know kind of should really be like a prior explore, exploration of that but you know that's a really interesting angle that is really comes to the fore in this episode and yeah just like you know the again like really good kind of peter cullen performance as optimus prime getting to do something a little bit different like it's not just it's a very different prime to the one we're used to who's just like super confident you know transform and roll out optimus prime this is a guy who's like kill me now basically but you know even outside of that is really kind of trying to get to grips with like what's become of him and what's becoming of him uh which is kind of an interesting angle and then yeah like i mean how how's that for a closing shot as well like smashed up optimus prime flying into the sun uh, just like just to complete the childhood trauma and like don't worry he's back tomorrow kids which he wasn't for us uh, we had to wait <laughs> for that but yeah i one of those episodes i mean almost even more so than the movie it's an episode that you look at and like 
how did you get this commission? Like, how did Hasbro look at this and be like, yeah, this sounds great. It's like, you're going to bring back the reanimated corpse of our favourite toy and then kill him again? Yeah. Um, you Do know. you remember how many complaints we got? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, yeah, that's the other thing that's fascinating. Said because, Hasbro, you know, obviously. Yeah, because, you know, you think back into, you know, the whole thing around, you know, the, the death of Optimus Prime and the whole kind of, you know, fallout of that, that they would choose to, that anybody would choose to write this story and submit it and say, I've got this idea. But then that somebody would be like, yeah, sure, bring it on. Let's let's do this. Um, it's crazy. Like, it feels, it almost feels like you're watching like a, a secret deleted episode that was never supposed to be like made public, but you kind of got to see it, and it's like, oh wow, like look what they did, what they did with Optimus Prime in this one. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really really great like you know, it's a really great episode of, of Transformers. That as somebody who massively loves the movie and who was a kid was like, this is so cool, they're killing everybody. Like you know, this was very much up my alley. <laughs> yeah, and f- from how we watched it as well, it's the fact that neither of us were aware of this. So I think the shock value is probably adding a lot to the fact it is my number one of season three. Because honestly, Return of Optimus Prime and Dark Awakening, I ask me on a different day, I might flip them around, quite frankly. But it was the shock value, it was how mature, which is what I was talking about when it came to the Killing Jar and whatnot, that this story was. Just how... Like you said, how did this get commissioned? And just the darkness of the storyline involved, the manipulation, the literal manipulation of it and everything. It was just one of those stories where I didn't know it existed. And it was an animation quality at times because it was ACOM. Oh oh my god, my number one episode is an ACOM episode. (laughs) Oh well, I won't dwell on that. But just the story and everything surrounding it... I couldn't not have this as my number one slash number two, depending on what day of the week you told me. Not just because Optimus Prime was involved either. It was just literally because of the story. And quite frankly, like we've we've kind of said in various ways, Andy's, but just the, the gall on the balls to do an episode like this in a kid's cartoon is quite yeah. special. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it goes back to what we were saying about how, you know, you can treat kids with a, a little more maturity than you often than they often are like you know you you can present this stuff to kids and maybe they'll have some nightmares it's fine you know all kids have nightmares um but yeah like and an, uh, I, I think it actually uses daniel quite effectively as kind of a cipher for some of that as well to just be kind of like hey yeah this is this was scary right but you know daniel's okay everyone's okay it'll be fine um so yeah like it's and again you know this this season is interesting because it does that a whole bunch of times but this is by far like the the deepest and darkest it goes and yeah like i this is the moment that really makes me appreciate that they didn't look at what happened with the movie and be like no we've got to go back to like season two light and airy you know let Kremzik too. We, we can we can do this kind of stuff and we can keep going with it. Which again is is sort of part of that interesting debate and the stuff we've tried to dig into about the response to the film and like was it a failure? Like clearly on some narrative level there was a feeling that no, this actually resonated with people and resonated with kids and we can follow down this path a bit. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I find that kind of interesting as an angle, but yeah, re- really good episode. So your number one, I think we might all know what it's going to be, but is it Andy? Yeah. My number one is Call of the Primitives. Um, it remains like this, this outside of like the movie, this is the one episode that I have rewatched a multitude of times over the years. This is like, 
one of those. It's sort of partly like a comfort food. It's like one of those, like, I'm feeling ill and I'm curled up on the sofa and I don't really want to watch anything, like, that's going to require too much of my attention. I know, Call of the Primitives is on YouTube, I shall watch that. Um, and, you know, so it, it's definitely, like, a sort of comfort food for me because it's an episode that I liked since I was a kid. Um, but also it's definitely one of those interesting to sort of revisit as you get older because i think this is this and the movie were kind of reasons that i became an anime fan because the animation quality is incredibly good like you know there are cuts of animation in this episode that are probably better than some of the animation in the film um and like it's kind of like off the chain um and, and weirdly it's sort of the weird thing that I, I guess especially your kid brain does where i sort of imagine that transformers always look like this every episode and they're going back and rewatching it now it's like oh no this was very much an outlier where like the robots look shiny and that um but no like it's you know it's a beautiful looking episode and it just has a pretty smart storyline you know again that sort of continuity of like look at what the film did well of like what if we made basically unicron 2 but kind of more potent in some ways and far more kind of direct in its assault on transformers um and then even stuff like the whole primitives idea of like well what if we can kind of bundle together all the animal transformers from both sides and make them like some kind of special you know designation they are the primitives and it's like yeah that's i, I think as a kid I, I didn't even really join the dots on that of just like oh it's all the animal based ones right okay i get it um and so yeah that's kind of an interesting angle like it has the typical transformers problem where it doesn't really end the episode very well it feels a bit anticlimactic like you know Grimlock literally just hits the, the rewind button and it's like oh well that's everything fixed which is kind of you know a bit weak source and it, I think even even as a kid like I got things like oh was that it but well the rest of it was really <laughs> awesome so I guess that's fine um but yeah like this is very much it's a really good episode but it's also like it means it means a lot to me personally is just like, no, this is probably why I have, you know, I, I might have grown up differently had I not had this episode on VHS because I wouldn't have been sat nerding out about anime and really good animation. And this was one of the things that taught me what good animation looks like, because especially, you know, a lot of 80s kids cartoons are kind of mass produced and knocked out really quickly. It's pretty unusual to get something with this level of craft in any show. Um, you know, you don't get an episode like this of the GoBots. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it, it's an incredible episode. Like, it is definitely not the best story in, in Transformers. Like, I think if I was rating this on story alone, if we were talking top five stories, like Dark Awakening would bounce above it. Possibly even Return of Optimus Prime would bounce above it. But when you have that complete package of everything else, um, and, and even kind of, you know, the characterization and stuff, again, you, like I say, it's a good Grimlock episode. It's a really good Skylinks episode um, in, in all kinds of ways. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good, good, uh, good time. So there we go, everyone. That is our respective top five episodes of season three. I mean, look, we didn't put any of season four in there, but season three. So there yeah. you go. I mean, I, I I will say, like, the Rebirth was almost there on my list once Likewise. or twice. I was kind of like... I, I think the problem with... Ironically, this is the one place where I was saying, like, multi-part stories count as one entry kind of did it down. Because had it been, like, on a per-episode basis, I might have argued, like, eh, Rebirth 
episode two might have squeezed in there. Maybe even episode three, you know, they were both kind of in there. But when you take it as a whole, like I think, you know, you, and you compare it to something like Return of Optimus Prime, like that is far stronger, like across the board. Whereas Rebirth has some really good high moments, but it also has some bits that are just like, ah, this is fine. Um, and also like you know again animation wise it's it's okay but it's not amazing um and so it doesn't quite quite do it but yeah the, the rebirth is good as well like if we were doing a top 10 it would absolutely have been been in there it would probably have been like six seven on my my list maybe mm. yeah which is kind of funny because i think for the i think for the previous ones we actually did top five didn't we as well uh, top 10 um, sorry yeah yeah we did a top 10 for season one and two just because there were so many episodes and yeah like i mean ironically because we had this discussion like off offline to go behind the curtain and we're like top 10 is going to be a bit much for just like season three and the rebirth but actually one of the interesting things of doing this is like i could have filled out a top 10 and i there wouldn't have been i, I thought if we'd made it a top 10 i would have been like i picked this because i had to this is number 10 but actually mm. i think i, I could have picked 10 stories and been like no i can tell you why i liked all of these um just fine so yeah maybe we underestimated actually season three is pretty good so there we go from there i think yeah you know what actually i want to add one more point because you were mentioning about having called the primitives in the movie and that really got you into animation there is like a, a whole i can relate to that sort of in in a different way not just specifically those two but there were loads of just other american cartoons that had like really kick-ass intros for example like, one that springs to mind, which I was trying to do a quick search, and I can't remember off the top of my head if it is, but, like, the intro to Thundercats is yeah. utterly phenomenal, that animation quality. I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm sure it's a Japanese production, but I tried to do a very cursory Google and couldn't find out for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like at least some of that was, like, Toei-era outsourcing as well. Mm. But, yeah, Thundercats, I mean, Thundercats also, like, the perfect mesh of, like, music and animation as well because oh, yeah. that 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 whole intro and song is just phenomenal like i mean as much as i like all of the transformers intros and they're all kind of like dear to my heart in different ways like if somebody had like look i've got a cassette tape with all the transformers songs on or a cassette with the thundercats theme on repeat it's like i'm taking that thundercats thing and slamming it in because that's the <laughs> one like that's incredibly incredibly good song I'm just doing a quick search now just to see. Um, uh, okay, yeah, the, the thing I'm looking at says, uh, yeah, Th Thundercats was created by Tobin Wolf and Leonard Starr, while its animation was handled by Rankin Bass Productions, a company which often collaborated with Japanese animators when making its numerous TV shows and features. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those weird kind of... wasn't directly outsourced to a studio, but it is... It was a studio that very often used Japanese animators kind of un below the line in a way where they weren't really credited. So would not be at all surprised if there were a bunch of Toei or other kind of reasonably high profile Japanese animators actually worked on it uncredited. Hmm. And there are loads of other cartoons from around that era as well that had similar introduction treatments. I want to, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Probably the Teenage Mutant, well, over here, Hero Turtles, but Ninja Turtles intro, the original cartoon, has also got animation at super good quality as well. There's there's loads of ones. I could probably think of far more. GoBots, not one of them, hopefully. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> quite, quite a catchy theme song. I'll, I'll give GoBots that. I mean, also, like, while we're having this discussion, also, like, the opening scenes to the G.I. Joe movie, by the way. Oh, my God, that entire opening intro sequence. That alone 
is worth the price of admission if you ever see it at a cinema. Yeah, I mean, honestly, perhaps some of the best animation ever made. Like, never mind kind of like, you know, 80s cartoons, etc. Like, G.I. Joe, very popular, don't get me wrong, but probably G.I. Joe does not it's not worthy of that kind of tier of animation like much like transformers <laughs> isn't it's like it's insane you know um so yeah that's definitely a kind of if, if you've never seen that that's definitely a, like go go look it up on youtube just for those first few minutes because it's bonkers again really good song as well but like bonkers animation i, I tell you if you want to hear it okay this is just diverging folks but if you want to hear a good song look up the uk action force version of the intro to gi joe it's wonderful 80 synth it is far better than the original american real american hero version it's yeah. so good I, I i suspect if i hear it i'll be straight away like oh yeah i remember that but yeah i, I can't i can't place it off the top of my head but you've said 80 synth so i know i need to, to watch it at yeah. some point it's it's wonderful it's just beautiful so uh so from there andy let's go to your beautiful idea that you came up with for, for how we're gonna round off the show this time around this being hasbro pulse's most viewed episodes now, what I'm going to do as we go through this as well is I'm going to have the TF Wiki on standby so I can then sort of type in the name of the episode and I can do like a very brief summary as to what the story was as we go along. Because I'm not sure how many you've isolated here and whatnot, but but I've got that on standby so we can make sure we give proper context for what people apparently really want to watch on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suspect for quite a lot of these, you, you, certainly towards the top, you won't need to. Down the bottom, perhaps a little bit more. Although also <laughs> sometimes maybe not so much. So... To start with, then let's let's make this a little bit of a quiz. There is there is one episode that stands like head and shoulders in terms of view count. It has going on one point seven million views. If you think about it logically, it's really obvious which episode this is. Like, what do you think is the most watched episode of all of Transformers G One on Hasbro Pulse? I'm just gonna say Return of Optimus Prime Part One. No. Oh no! In that case, probably more than meets the eye. Part one. Right? Yeah, it is yeah. ultimately, as you might expect, the very first episode is the one that everybody gravitates towards. So yeah, like by a good kind of seven hundred thousand views, it has almost well, no, it's it's going on towards twice the views of any other episode. So yeah, of course, if you're like, oh, remember the Transformers cartoon, you'd go and watch the first episode. It makes sense. Um, so yeah, so that's number one on the list. Number two. I, to give you a clue on this one, think about kind of, again, if you're thinking about Transformers and things you liked about Transformers, think about the kind of search terms that you might use if you weren't just typing Transformers into YouTube. Like, what are some of the first things that you might stick in there to, to find something? Like robot or something like that. Yeah, maybe a specific designation of Transformer. I'm drawing a blank now, sorry, like, mate. <laughs> di like Dinobots, maybe? Oh, so probably like, it's either SOS Dinobots or Desertion of the Dinobots, probably, I imagine. Yeah, so, so this is where it kind of gets, one of the places where it gets interesting. So yeah, SOS Dinobots, yeah, like, again, quite a big gap as like the second most viewed, like 917,000 views. Um, but that's that's the first Dinobot episode, right? SOS yeah, I'm sure it yeah, is. Hang that on, is, let me yeah, do a quick check. Because that's the one I suddenly couldn't remember. Is like I'm pretty sure that's the first. That's like the Dinobot creation story episode. Yeah, I'm because I'm I've got a feeling that that is episode six or so of season one. If memory serves. Uh, that is episode seven, season one. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't far off, was I? So SOS Dinobots. Uh, yes, the Autobots create the Dinobots, but can barely control these new powerful warriors, says the TF Wiki. 
Yeah, so 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 there you go. But but that interestingly, like a lot of the other Dinobot episodes, I mean, I'll say like War of the Dinobots is in the top ten, like that's number nine, like four hundred and sixty thousand views. Um, but a lot of the other Dinobot stories, they're kind of in the mid table. Like I kind of thought that I might start to see a pattern here that like oh yeah, you know, everyone loves the Dinobots, so all of those episodes would kind of bounce up higher. Um, but yeah, they they don't kind of necessarily and like what once you get to like stuff like you know desertion of the Dinobots, which you know was a story we we really liked. Like that's very much kind of like you know lower half of the table basically um, in terms of views. Um, so yeah, so so yeah, SOS Dinobots number two, number three really kind of threw me for a loop because I was not expecting this um, to, to, to come from its forest of isolation. So the Omega Supreme episode? Yeah, the secret of Omega Supreme is the third most watched <laughs> episode with 651,000 views. Um, which You see, in a way that doesn't surprise me because Omega Supreme is just one of the coolest Transformers. And so you would think... If it's the secret of Omega Supreme, which if memory serves, that was actually a really cool episode because it showed like a lot of the golden age of Cybertron mm, stuff yeah. and the Constructicons turning on Omega Supreme. So it doesn't surprise me to a degree, but it being up that high, I guess is probably what is more surprising. Yeah, that was a shock to me because you think about the number of episodes that have like Optimus Prime in the title or Megatron. Like again, the kind of things that people might search for and be like, "Oh, yeah, th that guy." Um, but like Omega Supreme, less so. Um, I mean, my my comedy theory is that people are searching for some kind of like gourmet meal and like mistyped something, and rather than get like Chicken Supreme, they got Omega Supreme. I'm like, this isn't helping me with my cooking, but this robot's cool. Um, Does my Supreme Pizza have Omega Five in it or whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I like to imagine. Uh, which, speaking of which, I'm pretty sure why this is number four because number four is the core. And I'm pretty sure people are just searching Wait. for... I'm pretty sure people are searching for the film, The Core, and then getting the Transformers episode, The Core, instead. Um, because Megatron tries to drill his way to the centre of the Earth while the Autobots take control of Devastator with mind-controlling Dominator discs. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that's just people searching for the Hollywood movie and then getting an episode of a robot cartoon instead. Because uh, I'll also say, like, relatively high up in, like... 24th place, but still quite high as Child's Play, which I'm sure is having exactly the same issue of people searching for the horror movie and then getting the Transformers episode instead. Um, and so the other interesting thing, which is more kind of... Uh, well, actually, it, 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 this shows up more kind of towards the, 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 the bottom of the top 10 and beyond. But one of the weird things that I found not quite across the board, more than meets the eye, is like the exception that proves the rule... People watch the final part of multi-part stories more than they watch the first part. Almost across the board. Like, again, Return of Optimus Prime, really good example. Part two is number nine in our chart. Uh, part one is down in 13th place. And you see that with, like, pretty much every multi-part story where people have just skipped to the end. They just watch the, the final part of it every time. In a weird way, I mean, with the exception of something like A Five Faces of Darkness, which is like a five-parter, but... In a way, that doesn't surprise me because, especially with cartoons of that ilk, it might just be people go on to part one and try and skim forward to see, like, when does Optimus Prime appear? <laughs> and then they go, oh, not till the end. I may as well just watch part two. And then you get a recap of what's already happened anyway. So you kind yeah. of get the complete story within an episode in many sense. 
Yeah, I think I'm just a traditionalist. Like, how dare you just watch part two of something? Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, see, <laughs> Five Faces of Darkness is another interesting one because uh, part one is like number 30 and then the rest of it is way down. So people watch part one of that and be like, no, that's fine. We, I'm good. Um, so it may, maybe because it's five parts, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so other stuff, um, number seven in the top... Well, so, so let, let's go through this because like, yeah, the, the core is the core's number four. More Than Meets the Eye part two and three are... F- number five and number six respectively call of the primitives is number seven like that is lucky number seven the 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 highest ranking season three um episode so yeah like i I, i'm vindicated um (laughs) then we have war of the dinobots in number eight then return of optimus prime interestingly like squeezing in at number 10 is microbots which Hmm. I that was another big surprise to me um, that I was not expecting that to be to be right up there. Oh, drunk Megatron! Uh, yeah, and I mean, again, yeah, you think <laughs> about it, it's like may, again, that's kind of an interesting, like, yeah, maybe that's just like renowned, and so people are constantly like linking to it and being like, hey, check out this time Megatron got blitzed. Yeah. Um, so and- it, just to, to to read the quick story synopsis from the TF Wiki. Perceptor, Brawn, and Bumblebee must shrink themselves to go inside Megatron and retrieve an artifact, the heart of Cybertron, that gives him enormous power. Yeah, which was never mentioned again after that episode. (laughs) But yeah, this is the infamous scene, though, where we do get Decepticons drunk on Energon, which will forever be one of the best things we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and again, that that was one of my like revelations, like re watching all all of this for this podcast because I'm pretty sure I'd never seen that before, and I'm I'm glad that I did. Um, so yeah, and then underneath that, is, there's some interesting stuff like the Revenge of Bruticus is is next up, like that's uh, number hmm. uh, eleven, which is like that's kind of an interesting, much like Omega Supreme. It's like I get it, like Bruticus is cool, um, but maybe you know, again, not something you'd expect over some of the Optimus Prime stories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, War Dawn is next after that, which I think comes off One the back of... One of my of, favourites. Yeah, and that's been in, on a lot of VHS releases. You can imagine there's a lot of nostalgia of just like, I remember this from when I was a kid. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of it kind of moves into the point there where everything sort of sits pretty kind of close together in terms of, of kind of who's watched what and, and viewer numbers. But, of course, the other interesting question is, what do you think the least ep- watched episode of Transformers G1 is? The one I want it to be is BOT from season two. I think it's a season two finale episode. So I've got bad news for you. That's right, pretty much slap bang in the middle. That's like number 40 in, on the list. Um, I, I burst out so- laughing because I, I was going through, like, grabbing these numbers in, in like, actual running order, uh, the order they're in and Hasbro passed. I burst out laughing when I got to Surprise Party because it was a lot lower than everything else and I'm like, good, <laughs> absolutely deserved. Like, that episode was <laughs> dumb as a box of frogs. Um, but that actually ended up not being the least watched episode. Uh, not by much, admittedly. <laughs> um, the, the least watched episode with creeping towards 69,000 views uh, is Only Human. Really? So the yeah. G.I. Joe crossover episode is the least viewed episode of Hasbro Pulse? Yeah, which probably, I, I think that's very much a marketing issue, that they should probably mm. talk about that episode a bit. They should probably have just put in in brackets at the end of that video, this is the one that has G.I. Joe stuff in it, because then it would probably have been way higher up than that. I, I mean, look, 
for some for some like peek behind the curtain context here, Andy. When it comes to our podcast in like the archives, I outright say GI Joe crossover episode in the podcast title. Yeah, like I yeah. just I say it because that's you know quite frankly it's an easy thing to say rather than going only human. What does that mean? Just the GI Joe crossover one, you yeah, know, f- for sure. And like, yeah, I, I suspect that would be so much higher if people realized. Cause I mean, we didn't really know going into that episode, like we were kind of like blindsided by it. Um, and you know, like you, you more of a GI Joe guy than me. So like, you know, I, I, I thought you, you might have, have been more aware of that. Um, so yeah, they, they've definitely buried the lead there. Um, but and yeah, like we were talking about all of the stuff in Japan as well from that episode, yeah. like when they had like the whole like crossover promotional art that was created, and it turned out to be nothing of the sort. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of the bottom stuff, honestly, like season three in general has a big dip in kind of views. So pretty much everything towards the bottom of that list is is season three. Like again, money is everything, which was in my top five. That's like way down there. Big broadcast of two thousand and six. Uh, that's way down there. Um, and yeah, like it's just a kind of a smorgasbord of various kind of season three episodes. Uh, the, the lowest, the lowest ranking non-season three episode is the God Gambit um, from season two, which is another one that was like that was pretty good. I seem to recall. It was. I can imagine it might be pretty because people think it's gonna be very religious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite, quite possibly. Um, yeah, God Gambit was a good episode though. That was when was it? Astro Train became God for an episode. Yeah, yeah, that was one that I really liked because, well, actually, maybe also why it ranks slowly because it kind of gets quite political. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a pr- it's a pretty thinly veiled cipher for like American politics, which is why it's kind of great when you're a grown up. Yeah, so here we go. The Decepticons scheme to conquer a race of primitive humanoids by exploiting their religious beliefs. As the TF Wiki says, yeah. So maybe, 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 uh, you know, maybe a little controversial. Um, but but yeah. it, also, it also does feature Cosmos. It does feature Cosmos, yeah. <laughs> and that that time when Cosmos was everybody's favorite, uh, everyone's favorite Autobot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that that's kind of really it. Like, unless you have any kind of specific episodes you're curious about, of like how how did that that move? I mean, there, there are some interesting ones that you'd think would be way higher just from like reputation. I mean, our titular episode, like Starscream's Ghost. I was actually gonna say like. That is, yeah, that is like 34th on the list, like 205,000 views. Like, that one I thought would maybe have more. I mean, more people watched Atlantis Arise than Starscream's Ghost, um, which, That's I mean, probably because people were searching for Aquaman or The Little Mermaid or something, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, quite, quite, quite possibly. <laughs> like, it, there are also, like, a couple of episodes here where I've seen quite a lot of chatter about, you know, like, storyboards going on sale recently, and I wonder whether that's, like, kind of boosts numbers somewhat. Uh, but, yeah, I thought, like, Starscream's Ghost would do better. You think things like the Rebirth, like, you know, that's way down in the sort of... Again, that's, uh, like, part three is the most watched there, but that's, like, number 41 in our charts. Um, and, yeah, and it's like, you know, some of the Dinobot stories, stuff like, yeah, Dinobot Island. Like, I mean, we, we had a good time with that one. That's kind of way mm. down in, like, 57th place. Megatron's Master Plan, like, that's really low. That's, like, 70 and uh, almost as many people watch The Girl Who Loved Power Glide as Megatron's Master Plan. Which, you know, I mean, again, as we've discussed in this podcast, like, Girl Who Loved Power Glide, really good episode, as it turns out. But, you know, again, you'd assume people would glom on to the Megatron angle more than, than that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess 
Cliff Notes version, people on YouTube are weird. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's, there's, there's maybe not as much logic as, as I expected. Because I, I thought I'd see some really clear patterns of, like, everything Optimus Prime towards the top, everything Megatron towards the top, everything Dinobots towards the top. But no, it actually doesn't work that way. Like, it's sort of... I don't know. There, there must be some episodes that people had a real fondness for that people are looking up that is causing some of those to bounce up. Because, like, more than meets the eye, of course, that's near the top. But, yeah, The Secret of Omega Supreme, kind of weird for that to be there. Like, microbots, very strange. So, Yeah, but part, part of me thinks, and this is stemming from like our respective pro- professional lives here as well like we've we've handled youtube channels before and like sort of had to like fine tune things and figure out like the presentation of it and how things are labeled or th- you know the images that there are when you just scroll through hasbro pulse's youtube channel not just to be a detriment to them because quite frankly all the episodes are on there so you can't knock them but when you look at some of just clearly the default thumbnail that's come up when they've uploaded the episode some of the images you're like why the heck's that the thumbnail? It's yeah. like Dark Awakening. You could imagine if there was a shot of Optimus Prime in the thumbnail for the Dark Awakening episode, those numbers would probably be a, not maybe tremendously higher, but at least a decent amount higher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, if you had like Optimus Prime's smashed up face there, people would be like, what the heck is this? Yep. It's like, I, I can't remember whether it's that episode of Starscream's Ghost. It's just like, like random thumbnail of Octane. And it's like, you know, it's not even the character that the, <laughs> the episode title is about. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like in terms of the algorithm. Yeah. Like the thumbnail choices are usually suboptimal for these. And that probably certainly doesn't help. And yeah, like maybe maybe I should have looked at what the, the thumbnail for the secret of Omega Supreme is. Because maybe... Mean, you know what? G- give me a second i'll have a look hang on maybe it's something really exciting maybe that's just like a picture of optimus prime like and they're giving megatron two fingers or something and everyone's like oh i need to watch this <laughs> uh that was in season two correct uh yeah season two episode 29 in the overall season. let's have a look so it is a picture of optimus prime looking up yeah, so that's probably the fact that it's a picture of Optimus Prime is probably helpful to it in the algorithm because people mm. will see that and be like, oh, Optimus Prime, I know that guy. Whereas um, the thumbnail for Child's Play, just to give a comparison, it's uh, the boy in the episode whose name escapes me holding a very, really tiny star scream in his hand. <laughs> I, say, I mean, that sounds good, but maybe not for a thumbnail. But yeah, it's just, just looking at the thumbnails, actually, some of them are quite random. Some of them are pretty good. It's like, you know, there's a moment where... Megatron's like picking up Starscream like he's gonna throw him it's like yeah and that was Hoist Goes Hollywood that episode it's like you know nothing to do with the actual thumbnail or, or the title but you probably go oh interesting yeah yeah oh they say again that was way down towards like the bottom echelons that was like number 81 of our 98 episodes so you know n- neither Hoist nor Megatron throwing Starscream kind of registered with people so hmm. yeah I'll tell you it's... what out of interest pick, pick another episode at random and let's go through a couple of thumbnails for like descriptions and just see if we can analyze this a little bit more because it's mildly interesting okay well let's I mean again it was, it was another one of, of, of your favorites um that uh, that didn't perform very well like the, the killing jar let's let's see what that looks okay, like it's a season three killing jar it's uh it's marissa fairborn behind some purple bars in jail <laughs> okay. just looking what? a bit looking a bit just uh I mean that 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 sounds like that needs like a proper like YouTube like video title that's just like all caps like I met this guy and now I'm in jail exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark 
but maybe maybe that's what they need to start doing with this is just like the secret of omega supreme it's like you know i i i remembered my past and now i'm in a forest or something <laughs> but well, uh, what's about, pick another one at random then yeah well let, let, let's go up towards the top let, let, let's tackle microbots and see if that has some kind of thumbnail that explains why the heck that is in the top 10 right so season two microbots it is a picture of Optimus Prime looking very anime while holding a gun. Okay, I mean, that <laughs> might well be part of the explanation then, because, yeah, like, you know, it, I, I feel like there's there's at least something building here that whenever anything is a picture of Optimus Prime, it's maybe doing better, so... Was Microbots a Toei episode? Because it looks it looks very good, the thumbnail, in terms, it's, yeah, in terms I mean, of quality. It's, yeah, it's, it's season, uh, it season, yeah. season two, yeah, season two, episode 11, so... Uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it looks... For want of a better way of phrasing it, it looks incredibly modern for the time. Like when you look at it now, you think, "Oh, that looks recent," as a yeah. thumbnail image. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. I mean, also like, well, but oh, before... also Atlantis Arise has both Soundwave and Starscream on the thumbnail. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty pretty solid uh, solid way of of, uh, of getting some some views. So yeah, I mean, one one of the interesting things to kind of break it down season by season. I was really surprised and disappointed that like the ultimate doom is like season one's like lowest performing story. Um, I mean, part part one has done okay, but like parts two and three are both pretty low. Um, so I, I thought like it's <laughs> one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite stories. I kind of thought that might do a bit better. The uh, the, the the thumbnail is just the <laughs> it's uh, it's it's Mister Mister Witwicky just being very gormless in a look. It's like a spark plug. Uh, yeah, that that maybe that maybe doesn't doesn't help. Oh, well, there we go. So yeah, very fascinating though, and like it's obviously us doing a little bit of spitballing when it comes to like perhaps some of the optimization needed, which is the word I was trying to think of a few minutes ago when it came to the thumbnails. But overall, it is genuinely fascinating just to know what what are the top ones. And what a yeah. bit further down the list. It's genuinely quite interesting. Yeah, and, and it's, it's also like, you know, I, I'm not sure how long these episodes have been up now, but like kind of the median like view count is kind of around the 170,000 mark. So it's like, you know, why don't you all listen to our podcast? Is what um, <laughs> we could probably find out, actually. Hang on, let me do a quick search on their channel. Um, so More Than Meets the Eye Part 1, I haven't got an exact upload date, but it says one year ago. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's you know, I mean the 1.7 million views in a year. That's that's pretty that's pretty good going. Yeah, I want to. I wonder if I can. And Return of Optimus Prime Part Two was 11 months ago, apparently. So I'm guessing they probably just gradually filter them out. Yeah, yeah, probably. When, when I mean, hang on, there might be some more background audio if I do this, but bear with me. I'll see if I can just quickly. Um, 28th of August 2021 is when More Than Meets the Eye Part One went up. Right. Okay. So yeah. So basically, almost exactly a a, a year. Uh, yeah. A year to the day. Give or give or take. So it's not kind of like a YouTube. Ah, uh, about a year ago. It's yeah. <laughs> or it's like it says a year ago, and it was actually like you know eighteen months, as has happened occasionally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But but no, it's it's interesting to to dig in and see what what people watch because, like I say, so, some of those things were totally predictable. Some of them I was like, what really? Um, and so, yeah, it's always fascinating to try and figure out what the heck people are thinking in terms of the episodes they watch sometimes. So there we go. And I think on that note, Andy, I think we're going to wrap up this uh, this almost epilogue part one of season three and four, as it were, because uh, next time on the podcast, 
all going well, it'll probably be a bit more of, of a video-centric episode because we're going to be delving into the extras from the, from the Season 3 and 4 DVD set that I've got here. There is a quiz involved, so at the very least, that will be made available in audio-only form. But like I say, probably going to be more of a video feature type episode than anything. And we'll see what other facts and things we can get from that. I think there are some interviews on there as well. In fact, actually, I'll tell you exactly what's on there, Andy, as I pick up the DVD that's next to me. So according to the back of the box... It says there is an interactive quiz, Auto Assembly 2004 footage, interviews with Lee Sullivan, Andrew Wildman, and Simon Furman, a fan art gallery, character profiles, Easter egg, just one, I guess. Uh, there's DVD ROM content, ooh, uh, scripts, desktops, and print and cutout kids masks. Yeah, I, I, I'm still somewhat insistent that we should print and cut out the masks for the next episode, <laughs> but you know that might that might be doing that might be too much for us, I guess. We'll see how our how our production values go. I guess is yeah, one way to put it. I, I, I'm not sure. Like unless unless it's Megatron, it's not going to look great on my black and white printers. So. <laughs> so before we conclude, good sir, any other additional thoughts you'd like to convey today? No, no, I, I don't think so. Like it's been a, it's, it's been a fun fun little wrap up, um, and uh, it's it's been interesting to see that, that we're we're mostly in agreement in kind of some of the best episodes of, of season three and and four. Um, so yeah, it's been 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 a fun little fun little epilogue. Indeed, and for those of you listening and or watching this, if you think we've missed, we've criminally missed out like a particular episode from our respective top fives, you can let us know on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the name Starscreams Pod. And as mentioned, if you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast and would like to hear us talk about the episodes more in depth, head into the archives of our podcast. We have literally talked about every single G1 episode in depth and the movie as well if you want to hear us discuss that as well all of that available in the archives on the likes of apple spotify and such right now and also if you did enjoy the podcast and you're a first time listener thank you for giving our epilogue a chance we really appreciate it and also tell a friend if you enjoyed it because we'd love more people to discover the podcast and and, and get to know what we think of transformers be that in a good uh, be that a good thing or a bad thing some people might say as mentioned, next time it will be a more of a video-themed-centric episode, but the quiz will at least be made available in audio-only form for those of you who just like to indulge in the audio version. And uh, after that, Andy, we may hopefully have decided what we're going to do after that, because I know we were musing about maybe doing some of the first few episodes of The Headmasters. All going well by the next podcast, we should have that a bit more ironed out, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, we, we still need to, to, to figure that out, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, see what, what comes next. So, on that note, from myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, Mr. Andy Hanley, you've been listening to Starscream's Ghost of Transformers podcast. Until next time, take care and speak to you soon. Bye, everyone.